I like to do that. And then we just put like a lock on it. They have a key. We have a key. I've prepared a lease, you know, so that there's nothing illegal and or illegal activity going on. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Hey, welcome back. It is Sarah Larby. I'm excited to have you back for another awesome episode. And today's guest is Natasha Figali from the Figali Group, Inc. And they do a lot when it comes to real estate investing, rental homes, storage units, uh, many other things. And we talk about women in the real estate investing space. We talk about how to do renos with low budgets and at low costs and many more things in between. So I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. The other thing I will say as well is I do three Burr classes a year. This is going to be the last one for this year. If you are interested, check it out at sarahlarby.com. The next one starts September 13th, and it's about two and a half months long, a mix of Zoom online calls. And if you are local, you can also come out on the field days. If not, you still get lots of great information as we do eight live calls that are in groups. So if you are interested in that, feel free to check it out. And uh, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping if you guys have any questions in general about real estate investing, or you've got a specific situation that you'd like some uh, advice on, feel free to send me an email as well, which is sarah at sarahlarby.com. All right, guys, let's play today's episode of the podcast. Natasha, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you, Sarah? Very good. I'm, uh, I'm super excited to have you on. Now you are in Me Windsor. Well. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I am in Windsor. Excellent. So talk to me a little bit about your journey and you know what you're doing right now and how you got here. Well, Sarah, my journey started actually in 2015. So I'm really lucky because I got into a real estate investing prior to the market shifting in Windsor. And what spun me was, and, and this is why I always say women should invest, is because I was on my boss babe journey, okay, let's say hypothetically speaking, and I'm work, I was working for someone else. So as my wings were growing, they were also being clipped. And I realized that I was not in control of my time, not in control of my money, and not in control of my growth. So I knew at that moment, after a, a major event happened, that it was time for me to start doing for myself and working for myself. So that if something uh, ever had happened again, where again, my wings were growing and up top, the, the, the superiors decided, actually, we're not going to promote you. We're going to promote someone else. Although, you know, I had been working and working and working for that. I realized at that moment that when I work for myself and I invest in, in myself and in my own business, I can promote myself. No one is going to come around and say no because I'm, I'm the one in charge and that it might sound egocentric, but you know, in a world where we, we look to our, our employment as, as fulfilling a large gap in our lives, we have to also remember that you are just an employee and someone else is in charge of you. And I, I didn't like that. And so that's what made me start my investment journey. And that's what made me start to invest more and more and more in real estate. All right. Very cool. So there's lots of questions I have from that, but first and foremost, like what does your portfolio consist of? And what Ooh. is, so my portfolio started with one duplex. I had no idea. 
I actually met a mentor who said um, he was already a long, long, long investor. He's now into doing private mortgages and holding mortgages and lending, et cetera. Um, so when, when I had, I, I met the investor, he had said to me, he said, you know, Natasha, someone like you needs money and you need to get the money your own, your own way. So it's good for you to invest in real estate and start investing in real estate. So that's what I did. I bought my first house. I bought my first house in 2015. And from that house, I just uh, sold it in 2017. And then I continued to grow my portfolio from there, more and more homes. And uh, now we're on our sixth home, all of them being uh, multi-unit homes. And we also have three garages. Now are all these in Windsor? All of them are in Windsor. Yeah, Windsor, Essex. Okay. So walk us through like maybe the last deal that you bought and what the financials looked like on that. Okay. Uh, the Actually, we just bought two simultaneously. So the last one was actually really quite simple. We, uh, My business partner, who, who is also my life partner, um, <laughs> that's something you might not want to do, but I did it. It becomes very, very difficult sometimes. Difficult and delicate at the same time. Um, he's not really into private lending that much. So what we do is we burn most of our homes. This way, uh, we have enough capital. So the last one was really easy, conventional mortgage. And if I'm honest, we've actually been able to do a conventional mortgage on all the homes because what I bought in 2015 that I sold in 2017 in Windsor, the sale of that home, I mean, generated, I made as much as, as a mortgage on that house. I, I really got lucky, actually. My, my story is a luck story. And... Um, so that house that I bought and then I sold with that money that I made with the spread from that house, I was able to buy four more. And then I looked for investors, which is now my, my partner. And uh, so we've just continued to pool our money. And I, I should also mention that he worked internationally for a very long time. So he was able to come back to Canada with money. And that's because he's just in investment financing. That, that's just uh, his, his field of work. And so we've just really only had to do conventional. However, now that we're looking in the commercial stream, uh, we're educating ourselves on potentially going private in the commercial stream. And we also want to enter the U.S. market. So we're going to have to go private because we don't, we're not American and, and nor do we work in the States. Yeah, absolutely. So just to go back though to the, what the financials looked like, on the duplex or the lost property? Like what is the, what was the purchase price? What were, what were the renovation costs and what did you refinance? Okay, so uh, the last one that we did was, well, actually we're just in the middle of doing it. So the purchase price, it was 260. We brought it down to 250. Uh, and now we are in the middle of rentals. I believe that rentals are gonna cost around 30,000. It is a single family home that we're converting into a duplex. So we're looking at about 30,000-ish for renovations. After that, potentially, when we did have it appraised when we got it, they had already appraised it at 260. So I'm assuming with rentals, and we'll probably be able to burn that over 300, 305, 310. Location is good. Everything about it is awesome. And, and we're lucky we got it at such a low price. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Hey, I just want to take a moment and interrupt the podcast to introduce you to my mortgage broker, Dahlia Barsoom, and her team at Streetwise Mortgages. Because everything around us is changing, the world as we know it is not going to be the same. COVID-19, the economic crisis is a time of uncertainty for many of us. And the lending and real estate landscape, they're changing quite rapidly day by day. Today's financing and investment decisions are going to be different than the ones that we made yesterday. Dahlia and her team are going to be able to help us maneuver through all of this. They're property investors themselves, so they've worked with thousands of real estate investors across Ontario, and they have their pulse and their finger on what's happening around us in real time from a real estate financing and investments point of view. Her team of advisors are committed to helping us keep informed and get that up-to-date information. And they're also going to be able to help us navigate through this crisis to also mitigate and minimize any financial distress during this whole transition, and also help us emerge out of this in a strong financial position so that we can leverage ourselves for some great opportunities that are going to be coming to us. They've been able to help many investors in times like this by really planning out your plan for the good, but also for the bad, because these circumstances that are happening are going to be very individual for all of us. And they're going to help navigate three key parts, financial stability, financial agility, and opportunity, and help you manage through those three things. When it comes to stability, how can you enhance your reserves and your liquidity to weather the storm? You're going to have a different plan, so it's important to get that individualized plan. How can you utilize mortgage payment deferrals? Should you? Should you not? Why or why not? Any debt restructuring opportunities, those are all things that Dahlia and her team can help you work with. Now, when it comes to financial agility, there's some things that you might want to talk about are how do you make some improvements to your monthly budget so that you can increase your cash flow? Are there any financing tools that you can use to cover some short-term cash flow deficits? When it comes to opportunity, there's going to be some great opportunity that's going to come out of this. How can you set yourself up? for success. So her and her team are going to be able to help you maneuver through these things and create a plan, not only for the good times, but also in times like this, so that you can handle the storm and come out ahead. Feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her team at info at streetwisemortgages.com or go to her website, streetwisemortgages.com. And now back to the show. So you're saying that it's, it's going to cost about 30 grand to renovate? Yeah. So, so what are you renovating? Cause like a conversion costs a lot of money. So you must be figuring out this awesome way to make it super inexpensive. What's yeah. You know what, Sarah, we do, we do a lot of work to try and keep our costs really, really, really low. Uh, we try to get a lot of stuff from Habitat for Humanity. We're always on Facebook marketplace, Kijiji, picking up odds and ends here and there. And we have a contractor who we, we met about, maybe a year, two years ago when we first started. And we had a, we said, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to pay you per job. And if you do a good job, you're going to stay with us and you're going to be with us on our team and we're going to grow and grow and grow. And if you, you know, give us a better price and, you know, help us look for materials at, you know, at a better price, then we'll also refer you to other realtors that we're working with. And, and you know, that's, people that we know and other investors. So he's been really good with us and and we've we've had a lot of a lot of success with him because we did buy a major gut job back in 2019 
And that one he had to take down to the studs and we only put 25,000 in that. And that one was right down to the studs. So is that with materials, your costs? Yeah, these are costs with materials. They charge us very little for labor. Very, so very little. Them a labor, like a, a wage basically, like per yeah. hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then you're, and then permit pulling and stuff is separate. And then going so to the that's separate. Yeah. Separate. Okay. No, I'm just trying to understand because some people will bulk, bulk them all at once and then some people will like separate them a little bit. So that doesn't include your closing costs. That doesn't include your insurance. That doesn't. Include oh, no, no. Any of that. So it's just purely hiring that's people. That's just purely, out. yeah, hiring the team and just anything to do with construction and labor. Yeah. No, now I, our, Oh, I'm sorry, Sarah. I was going to say, so I've done, I've done burrs. Like, I mean, I do burrs. That's what I do. So I've done them yeah. two ways where I hire a contractor, depending on how much time I have or okay. contract it as well and hire people like you at, you know, 30 bucks an hour, 40 bucks an hour, however, you know, whatever the, the rate is. And it's always going to be cheaper, but it definitely is more time intensive. Definitely more time intensive. I would say 30, 40 bucks an hour. That's a lot of money. Well, how much are you paying an hour? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling him he's got anywhere from 20 to 25, depending on the work. Because I mean, think about it. Like, you know, I understand that these are skilled trades. However, if you want to work with us and you want to stay with us for a long time, I mean, you've got, he's got guaranteed work. We're, we're up to, as I said, six homes. Like we've got 12 units now, three, you know, double wide garages. He's got work forever. There's always work. So I said, if you work with us, we'll work with you. All right. And especially now when we go commercial, I mean, that's just going to expand the portfolio times 10. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the garages? Like, are you, are these separate garages or are they attached? To yes. The yes. So I always buy homes. I, I should mention, I, or I like to buy homes that have a garage that is detached from the home and away from the home so that I can even put up a fence if I need to and, and have that sectioned off because I always rent the garage. I, I always do. People have so much stuff and they need to put it somewhere. And if they go to, uh, say, uh, a large storage place, they're going to pay two times what I might charge them, right? So I, I like to do that. And then we just put like a lock on it. They have a key. We have a key. I've prepared a lease, you know, so that there's nothing illegal and or illegal activity going on. And, and there we go. I, I, I really, really like it because it's just another stream of income. Yeah, no, absolutely. And also the government doesn't dictate that what rent we can raise every year <laughs> on the garages. So it's always good to have a separate lease. So I want to change uh, direction a little bit and talk about women and real estate investing and what your thoughts are on women yeah. investors. I, I believe that, you know, going into this new era um, where women are almost expected to have it all and have it all together. However, financially is such a gray shade and you, you still don't see a lot of women in that area. You don't see a lot of women as landlords. You don't see a, a, a lot of women investing in housing. I think it's something that is growing and it's definitely on the forefront. Uh, I know that when my grandparents came to Canada, it was the only thing that my grandparents could do because they didn't read and write in English and they barely even spoke English. And, and so that's what, what they did. So in my family, there is history of it, but 
I, I firmly believe that you don't know what direction your life is going to take. And you don't know if you'll be able to sustain that, especially in our Canadian economy that is getting more and more expensive. The government is demanding more and more and more of the middle class. That passive income is everything. I, I don't know about other women. I can only speak for myself. And I love the glamorous life. I don't know if it's because I'm Middle Eastern. I'm not sure. But I love luxury and I love luxury living. But even if you have something, a simple, small, a hobby, or, or you, you enjoy a certain spa treatment, you know, we're not taking into consideration that we're getting married later and later in life. So we've had our own salaries for a very long time and our own bank accounts. And we have spent however we wanted. Then you get married to a partner and now you have a mortgage. I mean, in Windsor, we're still pretty much okay with mortgages. They're not astronomical. Like let's say in the Toronto area, million dollar, 1.5 million mortgage. I mean, now you have to be accountable for your finances. So no more $20 lipstick from Mac. No more $80 eyelashes every three weeks because you've got to feed a family. Everybody has to feed the table. And that was what my mentor told me. Basically, you know, he had a very hard talk with me. And he said, Natasha, a woman like you needs to make her own money or you're going to have to marry very wealthy because you will at one time in your life become accountable if you choose to have a life partner. And it really hit me. And I thought, you know what? He's right. And that's basically what motivated me to start. And that passive income, I mean, you know, whatever your spread is on your home, spend it as you wish. But that can help pay for things in your life. Say if you want activities for, for your child or, or you want to get a new car, you know, you, you can use other people's money for any facet of your life. Say you want to do your master's, you want to continue studying. I just feel that it's very important to have that as well as you, they're like little bank books, you know, these homes, they're like little bank books and they will always go up they're always going to appreciate in value no matter what. And so you have that for the rest of your life. When you retire, how do we know that when we retire now, let's say in my cohort group at 36 years old, that there is even going to be Canada pension. Who knows? We, we don't know what the government can and, do. And even if there is the, like, if you actually look into it a little bit more, you'll realize it is not sustainable. You cannot live on that little tiny amount and you're not going to live well. Let's just put it that way. You're not going to live well. Yeah. You're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna live well. I mean, let's say you need special extra care as a senior, who's going to pay for that, you know? So I just find that all those things are very, very, very important. And I think that what a lot of uh, young women are not doing is looking at the macro level, which is where you live, the economics of your country, the tax rate, the taxation system, inflation, the cost of everything, and then saying, how can I sustain myself on the long term? I think they, it, that a lot of women look at the micro level, but they don't see the long term. I mean, God forbid something tragic happens in your life, say a loss of a parent or a divorce. I mean, you don't know where you're going to be financially. So these, these, as I said, they're little bank books for you to have throughout your life. Do you think it's the same where like you're comparing different cohorts like baby boomers versus millennials no. when it comes to women? No, I, I think that there's, as I said, there's been a really big difference. I would say that my grandparents' generation, there was much more submissiveness 
And there was also different laws back then where things had to go to the mail. So a lot of women, you know, endured uh, different situations because they knew that they had to lean on the other person. I would say that then they may have wanted to have their own sort of uh, golden nugget, but they couldn't. I know my mom, for her generation, I, I mean, up until I think 1990, whatever my mom had, and even when she received her inheritance, it had to be split, you know, with her spouse. Whereas now we have laws that protect a little bit more. Um, but I think the big, the big picture is how can you sustain your life? You know, Canadians are some of the most in, in debt people on the planet. We're looking at 48% of Canadians are, I believe I was reading $200 away from financial insolvency. So you miss a paycheck, you're in trouble. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite favorite strategy, the Burr strategy. So he's well-versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting to the design to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjack contractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have. You can also reach out to him Instagram, which is at Blackjack Contracting Inc. And like he says, he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives. So when you have Blackjack on your side, the house always wins. I will also add that there is currently a ban as of April 4th on new permits. So he will still actively work to the law's extent and actively work with investors to get projects planned out for when the ban is lifted. So that way you're not necessarily waiting and waiting and waiting. So guys, 100%, I recommend Blackjack Contracting. I will say that finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the Burr strategy. And now back to the show. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is pretty sad when you think about it, you know, at the end of the day, is it real estate? The answer? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I will tell you that real estate definitely got me to where I am today. And originally yeah. when I was looking at the stock market or, or investing in mutual funds, I still didn't feel like I had control because I was still paying somebody to manage it. And I was still paying this crazy high MER fees, management expense ratio of like 3% or something. Um, so, so the other thing I was thinking of is, you know, do I really want to be investing in these paper assets for 65 years old or when I started and it's just personal for me, like I know there's people that are traders and, and doing really well now, but I looked at, okay, stocks and mutual funds. This is a really long term play. I'm like, I want to live 
in like five, six years, I want to have that freedom. And real estate just seemed like it was the best option. So, so how are you, you know, getting your message out there right now? You know, Sarah, I do my best to speak at a lot of events, to attend events. I've recently started, well, I should say actually since probably about 2018, since because I, I did work overseas for a few years in between my investing, which was also awesome, uh, because I could still invest in real estate and be abroad. Like what, what freedom. And I've started making videos and I, now I want to do it more and more and more. As I'm growing, I want to grow the message more and more. I've started a women in investing and finance group on Facebook. We're up to about 40 members. Soon enough, we're going to hold events where I will bring in paralegals, different lawyers, etc., just to talk about how to protect our assets. And I really, I really want to continue to work, to work towards getting women more involved in their own finances. I still find that when I talk to a lot of women and especially a lot of women in my community, when you talk to them about money, they say, oh, I don't know. My husband takes care of everything. Oh, I'm not sure. It all just goes into one pot, but you have to know, and you need to be sure that's your money. Money is so tedious to come by unless you're born into it, that you got to make it work for you. And it's got to work super hard for you. Um, I, I, I try my best to communicate and, you know, post about what we're doing and, and what we're, what we're buying and how we're investing our money. Because I too, much like you, I feel that I have some stocks, but the market is very volatile and I don't really have the time to sit and watch it all day long and to pay someone that's an expense as well. Absolutely. And there's so many more streams of income when it comes to real estate, right? You have your mortgage. Oh, yeah. Account, oh, yeah. Appreciation. Of course, that's just icing on the cake. You've got your cash flow. You know, you've got some, some tax advantages, not as well as the US, but there's still some tax advantages. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, like, I could not go back at this point in time and, like, find, in no. my opinion, I don't think that there is actually a better strategy to get to where I am in six, like, six years. I'm at the point now that I have the opportunity to say, Am I leaving my full-time job this year? Or am I going down to part-time? Which is really cool. That is cool. I would not be there if I was investing in the stock market. I just don't know it enough, right? Like some people are, can be good at it, but it's like so out of my control, I feel like, right? Something happens, everything goes down. You know, you've got to be very specific on, on how you handle the downturns and the upturns. I don't know, whatever. It's like beyond me. And you mentioned fundamentals. Fundamentals are big, right? Look at the city, look at the areas to invest in, look at what the fundamentals of that region is, population increase or transportation improvements, post-secondary school enrollment increases. Like there's tons of things that will help in, in, in this area anyways. We have a shortage of houses, <laughs> so there's very low vacancy. So there's, there's tons of opportunity. I don't, you know, maybe it'll take a dip in the, in the short term. I don't have a crystal ball. You probably don't either. If you do just let me know i'm just kidding um <laughs> we don't have crystal balls so you know go in it stay in it time in the market is way way more valuable so one of the questions i do want to ask you is some people will ask me about windsor what can you tell us about the windsor market based on the fundamentals uh so windsor is growing massively we have a huge housing not shortage we have a housing crisis there is not enough housing 
at all, at, at all. And not for our, not even for our most at risk. I mean, for everyone, the university just announced that next year. So 2020, 2021 school year, they are going to be already having 11,000 students come in. There is just not enough housing. I mean, that's just students. That's not even fresh graduates who got a job, who want to, you know, invest in their first property or move out of mom and dad's house. The city is growing. We've just got a new plan for transportation. So the but more bus routes, more mobility around the city and around the, you know, the counties that are around, you know, Windsor-Essex. Uh, we have the new bridge coming in as well so there are more and more people coming into the city there's so much more action in, in the city and we are a border city so of course you know there are a lot of canadians that live in canada work in the states it just makes sense to invest in windsor we also still have the ability to buy housing you know at a decent price so, you know, you can still get a duplex for 250 You can still get a single family for anywhere from 125 to 150 160 You can even get homes under 90000 I mean, that's if you're in the fix and flip and you, that's what you want to do. You can still get them around 90 95 100 So we, there is still that margin to make good money here uh, in Windsor. And you, you do have, uh, of course... You know, there are some pockets of the city that are not great, but what I'm noticing happening more and more is a lot of gentrification, positive or negative, doesn't matter, it's still happening. And I noticed that pockets of the cities, because of the the investors that are coming in, those pockets are now getting, you know, they're, they're flourishing and they're now bec becoming very sought after neighborhoods. So like it or not right now i would say it's not as let's say it's not as cheap as when i started however it's not as expensive as other parts of the province or even country we are going to get there though we will we will get on par with london and then you know and then as london grows then we grow everything you know is sort of a ripple effect from toronto um, as you said it may take a dip i don't know but at the end of the day there's always going to always going to be a need for housing and it's always going to go up and we already see that the houses in Windsor they're predicting by next year are going to go up this year they went up 9% they're saying by next maybe 20% more because the demand and supply are not parallel the demand is high and the supply is so super low yeah no absolutely i mean i'm looking at places like Brantford St Catharines Welland and i will say like they're still decently priced they were not nothing is priced like it was three, four, five years ago. But you fast forward three, four, five years from now, and you'll look at today's prices and be like, damn, I should have bought something. <laughs> so what about when people say, you know, Windsor's four hours away, or it's three hours away, or it's not really close to any markets? Like, what do you what do you say to that? I also property manage. So get your money together, get yourself a house and call me so I can manage your property. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. You don't have to be in the city where you live to have property. And you know, it being four hours away can also work to your advantage because you can always get a property manager who says, Hey, hold on. I got to call the owner, you know? So in that case, you know, tenants may not be able to get ahead, get ahead of you with all of their demands. It really, I think that it, in my opinion, it doesn't matter where you invest as long as you're investing and you're investing properly, as long as you're not losing money, as Warren Buffett said, as long as you're not losing money, it's all good. 
put, if I could put my money in Vancouver, if I had that kind of money, I would. And I'm in a different province. I, I firmly believe that it doesn't matter where you're investing. You can make money anywhere as long as, you know, your plan and your protocol is right for what you're doing. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing I would say is like, so I, I will differ and I probably won't buy into Vancouver unless I can cash flow because I don't want to be taking the ups and downs of the market and having to pay somebody to rent. Like I would, I don't want to pay an extra 200, 300, 400, 500 bucks or whatever it is for somebody to live in one of my properties. And also I don't want to get capped as soon. So I, I probably will not buy into these markets. However, I, I love Toronto. I love Vancouver. Would I live there? Absolutely. I probably would live there. But as an investment, I just personally, and I know people do well, I just can't justify it unless I'm cash flowing and that's going to be very hard to do unless you're doing something where you're, it's like major renovations and, mm -hmm. and taking a, you know, maybe a single family and converting it into like four units or something along those lines. That's probably the only thing I think in my mind might make sense in this market. But hey, I mean, I'm sure there's always deals to be found everywhere. So Natasha, oh. the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a series okay. of five questions. You can give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Awesome. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at completepminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. All right, so question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite podcast? Gary V. Okay. All right. Good. And what is your favorite pastime? Question number three, what do you do for fun when it's not real estate? Oh, I love to work out and shop online. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you work out? Like a gym? I, I work out at the gym. Good life. I love to work out and I love to shop online when I'm working out. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? I would raise capital to get back in. Where would you raise the capital? I'd probably start with my family and see if they would loan me the money and I would get back in or I might go private and see if I can get back into the game and go from there. There's no way I could just stop and say, ah, I'm over it. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. <laughs> All right. Awesome. If somebody has $50,000, question number five, and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it? I would definitely recommend they start with multifamily. I, I'm a big believer in multifamily homes, multi-unit homes. So I would suggest that they start with that so that they're cash flowing. And if there's ever any hiccups, at least the other units, let's say, could support if there were any hiccups in the building. All right. Great answer. So if the listeners wanted to reach out, know more about you, where can they go? They can follow me on all my socials, which is at N-E-Fagali, F-E-G-H-A-L-I. All my socials are like that. Or they can find me on Facebook, Natasha Fagali, or they can track me down through my business, which is at Fagali Group Inc. And that we're both on Instagram and Facebook, and we have a website as well, which is also Fagali Group Inc. Amazing. Any final last words of advice? Yes. You got to invest because nothing spells success like excess. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Natasha, for being on the show. Oh, I love it. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs>
Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.